Hey guys, this is Joe. Now back up, put the gun down, and give me a pack of Tropical Fruit Bubblicious, and some Skittles. Hey guys, it's Eric. My shit always works, sometimes. You are listening to Worth a Late Fee. The podcast where two former movie rental store clerks watch films that they may have recommended at one time. To see if we still think they'll be worth keeping an extra day, or four, to watch again. Even if it meant paying a late fee. It was the perfect crime when everything went according to plan. I need a SWAT team, helicopters. We're calling all cars here, baby. But there was something they didn't plan on. Sir. Martin Lawrence. You forgot your boarding pass. Will Smith. Freeze! Bad boys. What you gonna do? At theaters April 7th. The back of the DVD cover reads, From director Michael Bay comes a thrill ride of explosive action from beginning to end. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence team up as partners in crime, crime fighting that is, in this action-packed flick about a couple of good guys who are real bad boys. $100 million worth of confiscated drugs has just been jacked from police custody. Once the career bust of detectives Mike Lowry, played by Smith, and Marcus Burnett, played by Lawrence, the missing drugs now threaten to shut down the narcotics division of the Miami Police Department. When the drug investigation turns deadly, the murderers kidnap the only witness, a beautiful police informant and close friend of the boys, and things get personal. Fast cars, a gorgeous woman, and nonstop action make bad boys a guaranteed good time. While while we're watching the the movie, we you know you guys know we always like to have a beer. That's we try to get something that's kind of related to the movie, but I couldn't find anything. Or I, at least I didn't think I could find anything that was super related. And so then I just resigned to finding like a Florida beer because it's set in Miami. So what we're going to be drinking today is the Florida Man Double IPA from Cigar City Brewing. And then as I was writing out my plans for today's episode, I realized I, I kept thinking about the cigar thing. And then that line in Getting Jiggy With It by Bad Boy Star Will Smith where he said, just bite it it's for the look. I don't light it. Just to let the people know that he's, he's going to look cool with his cigar in his mouth. But he's not going to partake in the tobacco because he's, he's clean cut and he's, he's straight edge. So yeah. it actually ended up working out. So that's cool. Yeah, he's really big with Miami. Let's hear that song. Isn't it? Welcome yeah, to Miami. Miami. Yeah. Welcome. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, he's really big. huge in Miami. So um, yeah. And then so it came, what, it came out in what year? 19- it came out in 1995 on April 7th. Yep. And it had a budget of $19 million and made $141.4 million. But 95 in general is a crazy year for film. So the top 10 films released that year by worldwide gross uh, were Die Hard the Vengeance, Toy Story, Apollo 13, GoldenEye, Pocahontas, Batman Forever, Seven, Casper, Waterworld, and Jumanji. And the fact that like we were just talking about Braveheart also came out that year, wasn't even mentioned in the top 10. It's, it's funny, I wouldn't have thought of Seven being that high commercially. Like right. I know it's a... But that, yeah, yeah, good for them. One thing I, I I didn't say, I actually like this this beer, the double IPA. Not that I didn't like last week's beer, but this is pretty good. So kudos to you guys, Cigar City Brewing in Florida, man. If you see it around you, check it out. So, And also, the week it came out against, the other movies that came out, wasn't very, wasn't, it wasn't a great week for no, uh, films. So it opened up against An Awfully Big Adventure, Don Juan DeMarco, and The Goofy Movie, which is probably the best in that list right there. Yeah, <laughs> but... no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> And so my, well, 
Oh, which, what, did, what are your uh, bad boys? You probably didn't see it when it first came see, out. Right, not a whole lot. Like, but... Yeah, like, obviously the theme song and, like, yeah. the friends, how they sing it. Like, they go kind of, like, yeah. in choir together. And, like, that's... I was with my friends back in the day. Like, we would have one person sing the song. And then once they started, another person would continue with kind of like the in the film. Yeah. So, the song <clears throat> and, like, just how... It's, like, a keyword. Like, once one person starts singing in the movie, they other start singing it. So, it's kind yeah. of, like... <laughs> so, my... My I don't remember my first time seeing this, but I remember it always being around. I think it was another movie that myself and my brother always had on like VHS or DVD. And part of the reason is I loved growing up. Will Smith loved Will Smith. I've seen every episode of Fresh Prince a million times, and I think this came out right after Fresh Prince. So this is not the peak of will smith's career but it was probably the peak of his like climb to the top it was right when people were like oh okay and uh and then also i love martin martin lawrence and his show and so when this movie came out i was this was like you you couldn't have they wrote the movie for me when this movie came out it was i love those two guys and martin lawrence and i think he will get into it later but i think if you've never especially someone who maybe is relatively younger or something if you go back and watch the martin show or if you see him in this movie he is one of the funniest like comedic actors you you could find so i i remember being so pumped for this movie and then loving this movie as a kid so see it's fun how you said it was made for you because i that was the opposite i really i wasn't close to will smith or my lines i didn't watch fresh yeah, uh uh fresh friends growing yeah. up so I, it took me years and years to actually watch this film after it came out. Yeah, I yeah, Martin Lawrence. I I, I love the show and I and I love Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince is probably one of my top three shows when I was a kid. So this is this is a huge a huge movie for me. So and then the other thing, and I think you mentioned it in the back of the DVD case, but Michael Bay directing the movie. Yes. Yeah. This is if you were to have someone, if you were like trying to explain to someone what a Michael Bay movie is. This is what a Michael Bay movie is. Oh, it's yeah. like explosions and beautiful women and it's essentially lethal weapon with yeah. Michael Bay directing. <laughs> right, right. So it's it's a pretty typical Michael Bay cop movie. So and I think the dynamic between uh Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, so Marcus and Mike, or if they say that backwards as far as the characters, but that that's the best part of the movie and, and the characters. Okay. And the in this the movie opens with a scene that kind of explains that pretty well so uh mike has a porsche he's you know he's doing well for himself and they're in mike's porsche and marcus is eating french fries in the car and mike and mike not a huge fan of that which i probably if i had a porsche which i never will <laughs> but if i had a porsche i would probably be pretty upset about that too so he's already upset about it and then marcus spills some in the porsche and they get into a little back and forth and it's just a great i didn't see this movie in theaters but I think of if I did see it in theaters, I always like when a movie starts off and within the first 30 seconds, you're just laughing. And it's like, and instantly, you know, the two characters that Mike's like the suave, smooth talking, cool guy. And Marcus is like a tightly wound mess. You know what I mean? He's, he's very lovable, but he's, he's tightly wound. So also it, one of my favorite yeah. lines comes from this scene as well. The whole limited edition thing. When he's looking for a cup holder. Um, oh yeah. yeah Mark yeah. looking for a cup holder. <laughs> And they go on this huge rant about how much money the car costs. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Mike's like, it's a limited edition. He's like, sure, it's a limited edition. He's yeah, like, there's no cup holders. Yeah. No... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So while they're in the middle of their argument over French fries and eating in Mike's car, 
they fall for or someone attempts a carjacking on it. Oh, we should say there. I, I know we said it in the back of the DVD and the summary and everything, but there are two cops. Why they were doing their police work in a Porsche, not 100% <laughs> sure, but there are two cops and they're on duty. And while they're arguing, this, this group of people tries to hijack them. And the way that they do it, or the way that they start to do it, is they have this pretty lady walk, get out of the car. So, which is funny to me that they, they would hire someone for this, but they have this pretty lady walk in front of the car and distract the two of them. And then these two like thugs come up on either side of, of the car and they point their gun at Marcus and Mike and they, you know, they tell them they're, they're robbing them and whatever. And they're trying to say, you guys just made the mistake of your life. You're, you're trying to rob two, two cops and two Miami PD. And it's a scene that you would just, you know, I wouldn't even bother mentioning it, but it just totally sets the tone as far as the characters and also how they get out of it, which is something they do over and over in the movie where they start an argument between themselves. So Marcus and Mike start arguing between each other and then to the point where it distracts the bad guys and then they get out of it by like getting in a fight with them and punch them and pulling their guns on them. So It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon and, and a is. live action Looney Tunes cartoon. But it like is. I said, it sets up those characters so well because the rest of the series, they never forget who these characters are. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that this movie could have done... They... There's a couple of things that they did well, and they probably made that move a, one too many times. Because I think the movie is a little bit long for my for yeah. me when I when I went back and rewatched it. So they could have probably trimmed a little bit of fat in that area. But this one I like because it's a it's a great way to start. That's the, the first scene, the entire series. <clears throat> right. So it's like it's important. Yeah. So you 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 get that. That's the introduction of the main characters and the the good guys. And then right after that, you kind of get introduced to the bad guy who. I don't think we know his name at the time, but it's Fouchette or Fouché, and he's planning on robbing a police station. And it's cuts to him in a van with a bunch of guys, and this one guy's dressed as a cop, and he's, you know, won't shut his mouth. And then the head bad guy, that's all we really know him as at this point, says that, or I don't know what he says, but he ends up shooting the guy, and he falls out of the the ambulance. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was like he calls up the cops, say there's been a murder or whatever. Yes. And then that's like this. That's the distraction. Yeah. So he shoots this guy. He falls out and lands in the middle of the road, and that's a distraction because they, they, the officer down call goes out, and every cop you would think leaves the police station, which leaves him vulnerable. And then this bad guy, who again his name I think comes out later is Fouchette, and I drove myself crazy the whole movie because I'm like, what do I know that guy from? And, I'll try to circle back on it, but I try really hard when that happens to me to not look it up on my phone. <clears throat> and I didn't figure it out the whole movie. I, and then I eventually looked it up on, on my phone after. But anyway, so they break into the police station. The bad guys break into the police station. And they're not robbing. So it's not a bank. They're not robbing cash. Same thing with the police station wouldn't have that. They're actually robbing the police station of drugs, heroin in this case. Um, Which were, was actually like on the back of the box it says... Yeah. This was an older bust from these detectives. Yes. So they're already from the start are going to be the ones who are going to be taking charge. We kind of have that like hint that they're going to be taking charge of this case from the start. Right. And like any, you know, robbery movie, these guys are clearly professionals. They break in. There's no time wasted. They're, they end up like shooting each other out of the building in almost like a luge type situation where it launches them back into the the ambulance or whatever it was, and then they take off and they've got all this heroin and, you know, life is good. 
well for them life is good and then the one thing i wrote down for, the, for that scene too is two questions they get past the guard they like stab him in the neck or something and i thought that was a little brutal but then i think he lived so i don't know if they stabbed him with a some sort of like oh that's a good question yeah, i didn't think they of that put him yeah sleep or something but i thought it was a little brutal it was but anyway, <laughs> that and then also the way they get into the vault is they freeze the padlock so like first of all miami pd do you not have a better lock that you can put on a, a room full of heroin than a padlock and would that work too like if you just walked up and sprayed free right. spray on something and hit it I'm and like, it's the police department yeah like you think they'd be like the most secure place behind a bank it's like especially when it's heroin or like firearms or confiscated drugs yeah, yeah if you want to lock up your bike with a padlock <laughs> lock it up but yeah anyway so i just thought that was weird but anyway so then it cuts to uh marcus's house and he's, he's with his family and you get and mike stops by and you get mike's like immediately you get the gun he's he's you know, cool Uncle Mike. Like, the kids love him. Good-looking guy, smooth-talking guy. And uh, that gets interrupted pretty quickly because their captain, played by Joey Pantoliano, 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 I think. I call him Joey Pants. And the reason I call him that, I didn't come up with that. They, you know, probably the first movie podcast I got into was Rewatchables. I know it wasn't the first podcast. It was the first movie podcast, but... Bill Simmons podcast. He has a Joey Pants award. So wasn't he in Baby's Day Out? Joey Pants. Like I don't know. He's in. <laughs> well, that's old. And, and Bill. Not that Bill Simmons needs, you know, my recommendation. He's a bajillionaire, but he. That's his whole award and his podcast, the Joey Pants Award, and it's like the that guy award where you're like, who's that guy? He's been in this. He's been in that. <laughs> but anyway, enough. Bill Simmons <laughs> is doing fine without our promotion. So, um, he he calls him up and he's furious, and that's that's their the captain joey pants is through the whole series he's just like his blood pressure's through the roof he's tightly wound he's always stressed out he's always yelling at them so he calls them yelling at them and tells them to come into the station they go into the station only to be told that the they've been robbed of all this heroin and you know he's upset and internal affairs is looking at it because they're saying they're basically saying how did the people know where this stuff was, how to get into the building, all that stuff. So, and we also meet the two other cops who kind of give them crap. Like they're not big characters at all, but yes. they have one of my favorite moments in the end of the movie. We'll get to later yes. on. So it's kind of like Sanchez and Ruiz. Yeah, like they're like wisecracking. Like they go back and forth with it with uh, Mike and Ma- uh, Marcus. Yes, but the, at the end, like they still do their job well. Right. right. So M- Mike and Marcus are upset because that drug, the drugs that they stole, was I think was a. Of one of their busts, like one of the, like yeah. you know their trophy cases or whatever. But so they they hit the ground running pretty much, and they they go out looking for it. They first they go to this guy JoJo because they think he would have something to do with that. JoJo is played by Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos. He kind of shuts him down. Then they go to a local boxing gym to talk to Max. Yeah, Max or Maxi, whatever. And Max or Maxi is one of Michael uh, of Mike's former hookups or one of his lady friends and as someone who's been in a handful of local boxing gyms let me just tell you no if you go into a boxing gym expecting anyone to look like maxi or max whatever her name is you will be very disappointed she is i don't i she didn't is, she's, she's gorgeous yeah she's really pretty. I, I meant to look up who she was and if she she must be some actress from the 90s that i just kind of lost track of but she's She's beautiful. And he basically tells her, 
you know, there's some, there's some flirting and stuff. And then he basically tells her like, you know, Hey, these people are going to have a lot of money. If you hear anything, can you give me a heads up? And she's like, yeah, whatever. And then the other great thing, and I'm going to keep circling back on this because I, I worship Martin Lawrence and is so Martin Lawrence is while Mike's doing his like suave, I'm going to talk to this supermodel looking lady. Martin Lawrence is like trying to hit, hit the bag and he's, He's trying, to, he's trying to hit the speed bag and he's trying to bench press and he's acting like a total mess. And the funniest thing about that is Martin Lawrence is actually a pretty accomplished boxer. Oh, at, yeah, at like not professional level or anything like that, but he's he's a I think he was a Golden Webs boxer. And so and I think that's kind of Martin Lawrence's whole thing is he's he's a very he's very comfortable being the butt of the joke and what no matter what it is, and he does such a good job of making himself look like he has no idea what he's doing and the physical comedy is oh yeah neither one is relatable but he's the more relatable oh part, yeah. like for sure <laughs> yeah, he, yeah yeah he's way more relatable and it's funny going like talking about max uh has a previous hookup and that scene before uh, before when he's at the house he's talking about another hookup he had that night with yeah. another girl so it's like we just talking about like mike's a player like oh, yeah. he has multiple girls multiple nights and and Marcus's wife, he goes. Mike goes to like give Marcus's wife a kiss on the cheek, and she's like, "Don't kiss me with those lips." I'm like, I don't know where you were last night. So yeah, it's it's pretty clear, pretty quick that that uh, that Mike. Yeah, he gets around. Yeah, Mike does well with the lady. So um, they then they end up following a, a a lead on like an HVAC guy that they get, and they go to his house oh, for the robbery at the police station, and they go to his house, and I don't know which lines I want to include from this, but they, they kind of accidentally fall into, the, they fall into his house and we'll just say they start, they fall into his house and they call out to someone who might be in the house and they start talking, doing impressions of what they think white people sound like. And it's pretty accurate. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. It's amazing. It's right up there with my, <laughs> my favorite thing that Dave Chappelle does is when he does his white guy voice, whether it's on the Chappelle show or in his up special he does his whole chip thing it's classic and martin lawrence in martin lawrence is better in this one i think but um so anyway they go in there looking for the guy and then they smell something and they're like dead guy and they find that the guy's been killed which who would have thought that being an hvac guy you get tied up in the underworld of miami but it turns <laughs> out that he was selling what he would do is he would do a, an hvac job or event job and then sell it to someone who, was, who would be looking to break into the building so that's how the bad guys knew how to do their vent escape plan. All right. Another fun Martin scene is we get to see how he reacts around dead bodies. Yes. He has a recurring yes. joke throughout the movie. So the way he reacts around the dead bodies, he's not used to seeing these dead bodies. He works for narcotics. So right. it's like... He's so good at being uncomfortable and looking uncomfortable and making it funny. So yeah, there's a dead body there and he's he starts kind of like throwing up. And then mike is the total opposite mike's like cool no matter what so he's like he's basically saying like get it together man like calm down whatever <laughs> oh yeah, yeah martin lawrence is great he's he's, yeah. he's the best so um and then after that they're they're driving somewhere else and compared to mike and his porsche and, and everything like that marcus is driving and the, he's the opposite of, of mike he drives slow and driving miss daisy and all that stuff i think is one of the lines. Yes, I actually had that line written down. All right. Because I love this line. You know, you drive almost slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. Yes. Love that line. And, and it's a like, station wagon too, isn't it? Is yes, it a station yes, wagon? Like a family station wagon? It's not only a station wagon. It's like the most, <laughs> even a station wagon to go. It's the lamest station wagon you could get. But um, 
And, and that's kind of another character moment where we find out they reference how Mike's like a trust fund kid and he comes from money. And, and that kind of explains a lot of his character throughout the series is that like Mike's a cop because he genuinely loves like the chase and being a bad and catching the bad guys and the action of it. Whereas Marcus is a cop kind of to pay the bills. He's a family man and all that stuff. So, and then the other, again, I wouldn't have mentioned this right at all, but the, the, the two big things are we learn that Mike's a trust fund kid. And then it's also the first rendition where, from the series where they do like the bad boy song and they sing it together. And again, it's like, the minute argument I love, actually love this line it's like what I was kind of referring to when I was like when I look for keywords I yeah. love how they're in an argument and then once one says bad boys they just start both saying like that's just like whatever yeah. they're doing they're just like they're both involved it's like a reset <laughs> yes yeah so and then after that it cuts to Maxie and so the, the girl that was at the boxing gym and I don't know it's probably good that I don't know is she I don't know if she's an escort that's why that's why i get the sense too because like you see her at a boxing ring and you think she's either like there just like to work out or as like a system whatever but then you see her like oh no she's definitely what i don't know is and this is good i don't fully understand what an escort is like is she a hooker is that the same thing see i don't know, like I, I get the sense that she was being paid to go to kind of entertain those guys like they said basically it's so, like i'm not sure like, right. how far she would go to entertain them because so she says, her boss asks her, that she says, oh, this guy's looking for people. You want to go? And she said, oh, I'm supposed to hang out with my friend tonight. And her boss says, oh, bring, oh, her, she's cute. Bring her. Which, like, friend of the year, Taylor character, Julie, if you're, if you're an escort and your friend's like, hey, I got to work tonight, but you want to go with me? No. Like, I'm not, I, and Taylor a photographer. I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm going to, I'll sit at home and watch TV. You go do your, your escort thing. So, but she ends up going with her and they run into, the first person they walk into is this guy, Eddie. And Eddie might be the guy that plays Eddie. Hope he's doing well and everything, but might be the worst actor I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> because he's supposed to be, he's supposed to show you that he's on, on drugs, apparently on heroin. But it looks like me, if you were like, Eric, do an impression of like a cokehead. It looks like something I would do joking around. He's like sniffling, which I know they really do that a little bit, but so over the top and we find out later he's a former cop yeah and and he's also he's involved with some other people too like he had connections to we'll get to later on the connection it was but yeah. like you said he's a former cop who had connections to kind of initiate this bus to begin with yes and eddie's big mistake besides leaving the police department and getting involved with doing drugs his biggest mistake was he stole two kilos from this recent job from Fouchette, and if I'm pronouncing or Fouché, Fouché, I can't remember either. Whatever, yeah. yeah, I'm not French. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but he stole two kilos from from the Fouchette, the the head crime boss guy, which is never a good thing. And so Fouchette comes to to basically to kill him, and and because you can't do that in the, in the end, that's you know that's frowned upon. So and then Maxie. She's just like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. She gets killed. And Julie, who was upstairs, she'd gone upstairs because she was basically like, I can't do this whole like schmoozing and whatever. It was getting too creepy. She escapes. They almost get her, but she escapes by jumping out of a, a window into a pool. 
kudos kudos to her yeah that's a, that's a pretty like I, I don't know like the stats of like survival but like that was a pretty high jump like that was very high <laughs> that's jump. a high jump that was a very high jump she's, yeah. pre- she's pretty close to the edge of that pool too like but when like the yes. camera kind of goes on the pool like she's pretty close to like the concrete edge there i think that's what would have got you in real life is the even if you wouldn't have made it to the water because you the distance doesn't look like it's that far when you're standing up that high but really it's like that's like a probably a 20 foot gap between the building and the but you know i've never done it so maybe it's you know good for her good for the alien so the police obviously get called they walk in you know dead people everywhere and um the one thing that i thought about this was like if you're mike mike lowry i keep I, that's if you see the movie that's a captain you can't say his name not that way but if you're mike and you know that your friend is an escort and you specifically told her to keep an eye out for something like this. How Mike didn't walk into that room and immediately think, "Yeah, oh my God, is I hope I hope my friends aren't involved," which he didn't. He walks around, he's like all laughing and whatever. Only and then uh, Marcus pulls the sheet off one of the bodies, and one of the bodies is his friend. So yeah, it's one of the scenes where it's almost like. Mike Myers is a likable character, so like it's hard to be mad at him, whatever or hate him, but like, it's kind of like a selfish move in his part, like. He goes in there, he like he kind of puts he asks for help and then yeah. he puts her in danger. I don't know if he knew how the extent of the danger what it would be, but like he's she's an escort, so like you have to know, you have to assume yeah. it's gonna be a dangerous job. I think he was just saying I think in his mind he was just saying, like, you know, keep your ears, like let me know if you hear anything. And she took an extra step, basically. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't even know if she took I don't know if she wouldn't have taken that step anyway. Yeah. But if she was just gonna tell him about it, but yeah, unfortunate needless. But um so Mike's upset. Uh, he actually goes to, again, I don't know what the title would be. He, he goes to her boss's house where the, you know, the escort dispatch service. And he, the boss has been killed and Mike pretty much immediately gets attacked and he gets into the huge, huge fight, survives it obviously. But, and then right after that, there's a call. So Mike's off doing that and the police department gets a call from Julie. And she, she's been told, because Maxie told her, uh, you know, this is a guy I can always call no matter what happens. Like when, when the shit hits the fan, I can right. call this guy. He'll always be there. Right. This like, that's her way of like kind of reasoning with why she's helping him. As they're walking yes. into this guy's house before they're all, before she's killed. She's mentioning that to Julie. Yes. And it's kind of like, again, it's a so foreshadowing him. But it's like, again, you know that Mike's the guy like who's going to revolve around all of this. Yeah. Yeah, so she she calls the police department, but she only wants to talk to Mike. She doesn't want to talk to anyone else because she doesn't trust the police in general. She only trusts Mike, but Mike's not there. Mike's off doing the, the his own investigation. She's never met him or seen him before. Oh, yeah, very important. I never met him or seen him before. So the captain picks up, Joey Pants picks up, and he gives he's like, oh, yeah, Mike's right here. Hold on a second. And he covers the phone and says to Martin Lawrence, who says to Marcus, Hey, you gotta pretend to be Mike and you know, whatever. And so Martin Lawrence picks up the phone, pretends to be Mike. And one funny thing was uh at a certain point, uh Joey Pantelianos Pantiliano, whatever his name is, says, um, he's like, No, you gotta be like you gotta be sexier. <laughs> like Mike talks <laughs> yeah. sexier. So they agree to meet up and uh he drives that same Station wagon with, Piece a, of with, shit. with a baby car seat in the back yeah. seat. And <laughs> yeah. He drives it to see Julie and he walks in and she takes one look at him and between his voice and 
and the description that uh, Max gave him yes. was like he's a smooth talking, tall yeah, guy, like, tall, like, handsome yeah. guy, yeah. And he his only his only way is of say, he just he's like because I'm Mike Lowry. He's practicing saying I'm Mike Lowry, and uh, she attacks him. She doesn't buy it. She attacks him with a baseball bat, and then he he's ready to walk out. He's like, all right, I'm good. Like I don't need to take this shit and whatever. And, but she, he kind of wins her over, and right as he wins her over, and she accepts him and trusts him, and she thinks she's Mike Lowry, they get attacked uh, because someone's come there to, to kill her because they, they figured out who she was. They escape. She says, get my dog, get my dog. So they escape with, I think, two dogs? Yes. Yep. Yep. Two dogs getting that same piece of shit station wagon with beaded seat covers and everything. And she, and she actually says to him, she's like, this is your getaway car? And he's like, I'm undercover. Yeah, yeah, I'm undercover. Yeah. This is one of those things where it's like, I feel like, yeah, the initial phone call, like lying about being Mike Lowry. So for that one moment is, right. you know, get out of the way, get her, trust get her out of there. But then once Mike comes to the picture. Level with her. And right. It's right. like, why right. did you drag this on for as long as they did? Right. <laughs> and yeah, it caused a lot of stress <laughs> for everyone. So he, he brings her to quote-unquote his place but really it's mike's place so he brings her to will smith's place and this this is another like martin lawrence in his element so they walk in the place is pitch dark they can't see anything he can't find the lights he can't find the light switch <laughs> in his own house his reason was i move so much i, I yeah. reject real all the time i'm always moving switches around <laughs> yeah i he trips over like this little up step and it's just great his his Physical comedies. And then that, she's so. the one who turned the lights on yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. She finds it. And uh, so he basically gets her settled and whatever. And then the next big scene is they go to, I don't know, it's like a, a YMCA gym or a police police department gym. And Joey Pants is playing basketball. Another great, great line is when Joey Pants is like, so Joey, I'm a horrible basketball player. And Joey Pantoliano, whatever his name is. Is in at least in this movie the only basketball player worse than I am? He's, <laughs> he's missing the like I'm not a basketball player and I, he's missing by like 45 feet. Shoes. So and he's like I was getting them all in before you guys came in. So um, he but he, he gives the command. This kind of sets the tone for the whole movie, where he says from now on Mike is Marcus and Marcus is Mike. You guys got to stick with it. Whatever, which again, what you just said makes no sense. Bad, like, bad, bad call, Captain. Bad right, call. Yeah, not not you're making life a little bit difficult. So. <laughs> Um, and they, they they swap roles though, even with their own like, like they swap roles like where Mike's with Ma, Mark's wife. Yeah. So it's like it's just like it's like it's something that could be resolved way earlier on. Like yes. avoided a whole lot of awkwardness and yeah, Mike's conflict. Mike's with Marcus's wife, and then Marcus tells his wife that he's going to Ohio or That's something. Right, some yes. random. So I don't remember what it was. Again, of all the lies to say. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's he went way over. <laughs> he could have just said like I have to be at the station or something. I don't know. But the real reason that Mike is there is because they're worried in the in the car chase when when they attacked um, Marcus, pretending to be Mike, but Marcus and Tay Leone's character, they got the plates. And right. so part of the reason that Mike is with. Marcus's family is for protection. Right, that's just their car. Yeah, exactly. It's not just because he needs a place to stay. It's because they want someone there to watch over him. So um, later on, they 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 cut to um, Marcus. I'm mixing this up because it's like so. It's Martin Lawrence pretending to be Mike, um, and he's looking at a computer with Tay Leone, and they're trying to. He's like, we need to look through some witnesses or whatever. And she's kind of not paying attention, not paying attention. 
and Marcus is eating a, a sandwich, a bologna sandwich, and she, she, Taylioni in this movie was like, I don't know, I, I I've never really been, I never had a problem with Taylioni, but going, I didn't remember liking her in this movie. Like I, I thought she was just the girl in Bad Boys. I, she's pretty funny in this movie. She is, yeah. And he's eating a bologna sandwich, and she just starts rip. She starts saying how she's a vegan or a vegetarian at least, and ripping on him for eating bologna and saying that you know that thing had a name. Actually, it probably had a bunch of names because they make bologna with like the ears. The oh yeah, she's one of those characters. Feet. Yeah, like, like it's something like I never thought about. I never, I don't remember it in movies in the past. But, like she was so ahead of the times. Yeah, that's like, what with, I wrote down. I wrote the yeah, same thing. Like she talks about, like later on like shampoos, shampoo. chemical chemicals, and like. Yep. Like, man, like, animal testing, yeah. It's like something like I never, you don't see in movies in the 90s, but right. like she was so ahead of the game when yep. it comes to that stuff. So, this is 95, and even that wasn't that common of a conversation up until like 2015. So, she was or around there, so she was like 20 years ahead of it. Yeah, that character must have seen seemed extra ridiculous in 95, but um, she's the most relevant thing, like, most like you know. Roman thing to this time period right, right. now is her character. Yeah, people back then were probably like, no one would ever say that. And now, if you showed someone this movie, a lot of kids would be like, she gets it. Like, she understands. <laughs> so, she, anyway, they're flipping through. She's saying, no, no, no. And then she finally sees that guy. She, she, she's like, wait, go back. And she identifies this guy, and his name's Noah. So, now that, so that's what's going on at, uh, with Marcus and, and Julie. And then you cut to will smith so you cut to mike and mike is telling cop stories to marcus's kids and again he's just like cool uncle mike like you know he's the kids love him because he never brings bad news he's always funny he's cool he drives a nice car and he's telling a kid to he's telling a story to marcus's kids and he's talking about moving keys and a pimp named chino and how chino is running hose and i was like this is probably and he goes <laughs> yeah yeah he's like he's like your dad will tell you about that later and I'm like mm, you probably could have left that some of those details off but, <laughs> and they're getting hit with brass knuckles and stuff and but uh, then back at the station at a call with uh, oh yeah yeah so that those two scenes pretty much just set the tone of like this is what Marcus is doing this is what Mike's doing Mike's having a good time Marcus is living a very stressful life and then back at the station they're kind of talking about that a little bit. And uh, Marcus's wife, what is her name? I can't remember. That's why, yeah. I know. That's another character who I... Teresa. Teresa, yes. Yeah, Teresa actually calls the station, talks to Mike, not her husband. And they're talking about, like, picking up groceries and whatever. And then uh, Mike waits, like, the... Mike waits and he just goes, what are you wearing? And Marcus loses it. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. she hung up, she hung up. It was just a joke, but it's, it's great. Because it's exactly what two friends... Yeah, and he goes. He like I said. He goes on. Like he waits for the to hang up. Like you hear like the buzzing in the background. And it's like, once you guys go into movie, you know, like you know, yeah. they come through into movie. And he's like, you know, what are you wearing? Yeah. The way he reacts, which is over the tail of Martin Lawrence. He's yeah. like, yeah. And you, like he's just Mike's just laughing from the start, and like you know, they're they're fun. It's right. a fun dynamic, and it's funny how Will Smith's character, Mike, the rich guy, who's always had an easy. Yeah. He's having an easy run right now, while yeah. Martin Lawrence's character, who's you know not not poor, but he's not. Michael already rich, right? He's not Michael, yeah. and he's like having the hell. He's having a hell of time. He's with this woman who's getting chased by guns all the time and shot at, and but but that's with their personalities though. You get the feeling that all of that could flip, and Martin Lawrence would still be stressed he's, out because right. that's just how he's wired. Is he's just a tightly armed guy? So, um, one of the other people at the station is this lady Francine. 
horrible actress. She's right up there with Horror the receptionist too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So> horrible at <laughs> everything. Uh, maybe she's got better at acting since then. I don't, I'm not familiar with her more recent work. but So they're trying to get her to hack into some files. And she can't do it. And I really, like, I guess maybe, I didn't write this down for things we would change, but she's a horrible actress. She's, at least in this, at least in this spot, like I said, maybe she's gotten better. I don't know the lady's name, but, <laughs> so she can't get in. And, and that's the first part of the movie where kind of like your, your, your bullshit detective right, is like, she's, this seems weird. She's already in denial before she starts it. Yeah, right. So it's like, kind of like a, like, you know, give a shot first before you, you know, so you can't do it. Try. Exactly. Take a shot. So. <laughs> So, um, first time in the movie, Mike meets Julie, and they're actually at his house, but they're selling it as, you know, he's not him, he's, he's Marcus at this point. So, he meets her, and he meets her dogs. Her dogs are... Shitting everywhere, pissing everywhere. All the house. <laughs> exactly, so... That's, that's one of my favorite interactions with what Mike Lowry too in the movie is when he's yes. like he's like oh it's wonderful he's being sarcastic for the whole thing he's like yeah. this is great he's like wow he's like yeah because he's like he's like Mike it's great that it's Mike saying this to Marcus but he's like it's great that you don't mind whatever he's like because me I'd be pissed right. I'd be, yeah no their their chemistry is is awesome uh, so and they they basically announced that they've, they have ID they've ID'd this Noah guy and they're gonna go to the club to to get them. They're going to go club to a restaurant. They, they're going to leave her there. Now, to circle back, when we did, last week when we did When Harry Met Sally, I said that one of my favorite things about When Harry Met Sally is that Harry and his friend Jess did realistic things for people their age. And I actually said, I wasn't thinking about this movie, but I said, I hate when I watch movies and there are guys like in their 30s or 40s and they're like going to the club yeah. and whatever. And then I'm watching this movie this week and I'm like, this is exactly what I was talking about. Not because they went to the club, Mike and Marcus, because they're police officers. They're doing what they got to do. But the people in the club, yes. some of the people in the club, I'm like, sir, you're 47 years old. <laughs> what do we come early in the morning for a while? Yeah, right. Like... So anyway, they go to the club and then Julie also, she they had this weird scene where she's somehow flipping through the slides the, the mug shots, I mean, on her own, and she's holding a gun, like, probably lock your stuff down a little bit better. But, um, she gets, yeah, she gets a lot of confidence pretty quickly, like, from being like a nervous wreck a few yeah. days ago, or there ago, or whatever, to like going to the club on her own, looking through, you know, yeah. all the size of. And I'm not, a, I'm not a cop, but I would like to think that, at least in today's day and age, that if you were logged into a police network server or something, that was like, if you didn't put your password in every 15 minutes, it just logged you out right. and you needed the password to get in. <clears throat> because how can she be sitting at his apartment going through mug shots? Meanwhile, what's that lady's name who can't do her job? Francine. Francine can't get the one piece of information that they do need. But Julie, the photographer, who didn't even know what a, you know. Anyway, so she gets all worked up looking at the mug shots, grabs a gun. And she leaves. So now Mike and Marcus are going to the police state, uh, going to the club. They don't know this, but Julie's also going right. to the How'd she get there? I can't remember. I don't remember that either. Actually. Did she walk? <laughs> she couldn't have walked. I don't no, remember I know. that either. I don't remember that. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but so, <clears throat> um, another kind of like unrealistic thing, because I haven't spent a ton of time in clubs, but in large bars or whatever, Marcus walks in. And one of the guys who's in like the skybox ownership thing, who's a criminal, one of the criminals, Marcus isn't in there for seven seconds 
and he's like, that's him. That's the cop. It's like, there's yeah. 40, there's like a thousand people on the floor. I don't want to like go back to like, we had a couple of test episodes before we did this and Kazim had that same issue. Yes. Where we, we have, we actually called out too saying it's so hard. Like there's a ton of people. No, it was the mask. It was the mask. Yes. It was the mask. Then a club scene and there's a bunch of people and they just so easily call out the people, you right. know, the, the specific person that they're after. It was, it's, it's like, come on, like, at least yeah. drag it out a little bit, not too long, but have like them, enough to make it realistic. Ha- put the work in to have him at least turn a corner and they bump right, into exactly, each other. Right, exactly. Don't have this one guy spotting a guy. Once he walks him. in. Right. Because he spots him, and then he also spots Julie for, from, from up above. Right. Yeah. Whatever. But so anyway, they, they, they identify Marcus, and he gets attacked in the bathroom. Which he thinks he's getting out of it because he sees like he uses the mirror and he's like just suave enough to pick it up, but he doesn't realize that the guy next to him is See, also. And that kind of like threw me off because like the guy went right next to him, like. Uh, and that guy in next to him was what we were just saying. The guy next to him, sixty-seven years old. <laughs> right. What do you think about? <laughs> if I was in a club and I walked in, even if I had nothing going on, I'd be like, "What the hell is this guy?" <laughs> right, and like you're taking a piss there. All right, you see the mirror. Some guy behind you is about to like you know knife you or whatever. I mean, put two and two together. This guy pissed right next to you. Right. Let's, let's... Or, yeah, because he basically, he turns to the guy he knows is bad, turns his back right to the guy. Back straight up or something. Like, put everyone in front of him. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't trust him. So, he gets identified, gets in this, like, knockdown, drag out brawl in the bathroom. He gets out of it. Meanwhile, Mike's having a great time. He's outside. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, yeah. he's, he's out in the club. He's yep. watching the show. The beautiful <laughs> women. Yep. yep. And then Julie also gets identified. Um... And then pretty much right after she gets identified, she pulls out a gun because in her mind, she's going to shoot the guy that killed her friend. So that's Julie's whole thing throughout this is she doesn't care about the drugs. She doesn't care about the actual police work, which is kind of admirable. I like it. She's just like, I want to get the girl that or the guy that killed my friend. So um, she pulls a gun. Chaos ensues. Fight breaks out. Gunfights break out. Turns into a car chase where the bad guys are chasing... Um, so Mike, Marcus, and Julie. And which is like I like one of my favorite scenes actually in the movie. The stone ice cream truck with yes. explosives in the back. So yes. it's like everything that could have gone Bay. wrong. Michael <laughs> yeah, Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> that could have went wrong or went wrong before yep. it even started. <laughs> yeah. So he's then they get caught in the spot where they're running out of they pick like it's like a speed situation where they pick like a, a bridge that's under construction or something and there's only so much room on this road. And so Mike's solution is he starts grabbing those explosive containers, throwing them off, hoping that it'll get the guy that's chasing him to stop. And then he ends up shooting one of them. It explodes and kills Noah. It kills their one, their one, the one thing they have, their one like uh, lead into the the underworld or whatever. And this will come up in a little bit. A news station, uh, like a helicopter reporter, is filming the whole thing and. When I was when you're watching it, you're kind of like, why does that matter again? Like, what? but then they remind it, you a little right. Bit. <laughs> another lot. Like, this is like another fun. Like, it's action. It's a comedy. But like, I love how like again, the, the uh, some of the lines is, I think it was Mike Lowry says to Marcus, out of all the roads to pick in Miami, you pick <laughs> yeah. the one that has an end point, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you said, they're they're running up to a blocked off road. Right. It's, <laughs> no, it, yeah. so the comedy that scene is so good. And then. Right after, or short, shortly after that, is the scene that you picked for your quote, where they go into this convenience store, and uh, they're talking about kind of what's going on. The convenience store clerk gets pretty nervous, and 
Um, he thinks he's getting robbed because he's like, they're talking about all this crime and then he sees that one of them has a gun on them or something like that. And he asks for the badge. Yeah, it's, he like, it's like, he doesn't trust that either. No, because Mike, Mike Lowry goes, I'm going to reach for my badge. And he's like, I got 10 badges right here, 99 <laughs> cents because he's right. selling fake toy badges at the thing. We got, we got to mention, he calls, all, he calls them other bitches too. Yes. It's a great line. <laughs> it's a perfect, like, other bitches. Like, cause the guy you're supposed to, the guy's supposed to speak just enough English, so he's like trying to call them mother effers, but he's swearing, he's calling them mother bitches, and then they do this thing again that they did at the beginning of the movie, where their way to get out of situations is they start arguing with each other, and and uh, and uh, you know, kind of causing the guy to let his guard down, and then right as the guy does let his guard down, they both pull their guns, and then they they have the the line of the century for the beginning, which is like. It's funny how, like, that line is still, like, even, even before I watched the movie for the first time in years, I, like, that was a line that kind of stuck with me before, like, at all, like... <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot that. I'll be honest, I forgot that one. But it was, it was, it's, it's great. It's their, their chemistry. That, that duo's chemistry is, is great. So, um, and then back at Mike's. Now, so now it's, Marcus is back at Mike's apartment with Julie. And Julie starts to kind of, like, not make moves on Marcus, but... I think this is when you first realize that Julie's on to the fact that Marcus isn't, or Mike isn't Mike. Right, you know and I mean? actually in this scene too, she's she's like, wow, she's like, Marcus is with his wife right now, smooth talking her, and like, she's yeah. like, he's, because he's very confident. He, yes. She's really, she picks up on the fact that he's a smooth well, talker. Well, she straight up says, like, I could be left alone in a house with a guy like that. Yeah. yeah, and then meanwhile, this is Marcus's wife. Yeah, <laughs> like, so he starts like, losing it. <laughs> he starts losing it, yeah. And then, uh, and then she he calls home, and they're looking through photo albums, and or something. And he he Mike picks up the phone, and all she all uh, Marcus hears is uh, his wife going, "Mike, Mike, put it back in," and he like loses it. <laughs> and so yeah, he he drives to his own house, and he's like, "I gotta break into my own house," and he handcuffs Julie to the steering wheel. No, I don't know. I didn't go to the academy, but that seems like a little bit not police. You know. <laughs> Not totally kosher, but <laughs> breaks into his own house or tries to, ends up getting in a fight with Mike before they, they finally realize who each other are. And uh, it's just a great, it's a great moment because Mike's like, how could you think I would do that to you? And it's this very serious thing. And at the end of it, Marcus is apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to. It's a great like male friendship, like bro moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But and then while this is all going on, too, I believe it's um, Ruiz and Sanchez, they catch, there was a bad guy back, like a real bad guy, waiting outside his house. Yep. And they say, like, you never mess with a cop's family or something, and they arrest this guy. And he is the first one, I think, that identifies, that gives him the name Fouchette. Yes. Yep. So, um, at that point, Mike and Marcus kind of have to reevaluate some of the stuff, that kind of look at some of the other things they looked at before and they go back to talk to Jojo again, Michael Imperioli from Sopranos. <laughs> and this might be my favorite scene. Yeah, it's so movie. good. The comedy, again, between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith is just right. spot on. Right, so it's the the classic good cop, bad cop thing, but done like on steroids perfectly. So, he, so uh, Mike, Will Smith's character, comes out angry as, as whatever he's he meet, pretty much immediately points a gun at the guy puts a gun to his head and he's screaming at him and then marcus is playing 
Like he's trying to calm Mike down. He's trying to calm Mike down. And then Mike puts the gun at Marcus and he says he's going to shoot. He's, uh, he says he's going to shoot him. And he's like, you're going to shoot me? And he's like, yeah. And then uh, Marcus goes, so sad. You're on your own, Jojo. <laughs> you <laughs> walks, walks away. Yes. And and so, I, yeah. I guess what Jojo has a, is that a contact he has, right? It's a contact of yes. like, uh, right, okay. Yeah. But yeah. The... <laughs> and the whole time Mike Mike's threatening Jojo and saying he's going to do these horrible things. And then in the background, all you hear is Mark Lawrence. He's pacing going, back and forth. Yeah, and he's like, just, give him what he wants, Jojo. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the best. That I think that that was definitely one of my favorite scenes. And then so he, Jojo finally ends up giving them an address, um, and they go to the address, and it's like a, I don't know how they say it. It ends up just being a boat. So I don't know if he gave him an address to the dock or. Although he gets it too. He's like, you want? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great, Jojo. Thank you. Yeah, right? he so he like they flip like, the best switch, and it's yeah. like he's calm and Will's yeah. gone. Will's now it's calm. great, Jojo. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> So they go, they go there, uh, they're looking through binoculars, they see Fouchette. Fouchette sees, they give the binoculars to Julie, which I don't know how she, she gets out of the car. She was annoying in that way. It was like, we're trying mm-hmm. to keep you alive, lady. Stay in the car or whatever. Right. But she gets out of the car, she looks through the binoculars, and her and Fouchette kind of, they, they both, well, I don't think she saw him at this point, but he sees her. And so now you know that Fouchette knows that they're looking for him and whatever, so. Marcus's wife. We had mentioned earlier the the car chase and the um, the news helicopter and everything like that. Marcus's wife had seen the news, and she's upset because again, you got to remember yes. she thinks that her husband was in in Ohio. Ohio. I think it was you said and the kids learned yeah. who spied out too. So she's like, "Dad, a mommy isn't dead in Ohio." She's like, "I thought so too." That's <laughs> like, said, okay. "No, Daddy just wishes he was in Ohio." Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, well, she's so, so she was so good too, Teresa. Oh, she's she's yeah, so she's good. Great. She's great. So, um, he yeah. She, so so she shows up at Mike's because she probably figures like, if my husband's up to trouble, probably the number one place starts with his best friend and police partner. So she goes there. Uh, Julie answers the door, which that would be a little sketchy if you were thinking your husband was up to no good, and then a, a beautiful woman answers the door. Her response is so good. So, yeah. So she goes. She's like, I'm here looking for my husband, Marcus, and then. What is, she says, is, she, is, is he the uh, tall and the short one? Yeah, and then she goes short one, and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I thought so." I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it just like confirms Julie was on to it pretty quick that this yeah. that Martin Lawrence wasn't this suave like you know ladies man and whatever. So <laughs> they end up getting in this huge fight, and again, it's an awesome Martin Lawrence comedy routine because he's like he's just so nervous and tightly wound, and he's like, "I can see how it looks bad with you know I come out and I'm naked." Or I'm, I'm half naked, and then Mike comes out, and he's got his shirt undone, and whatever. And he's somehow playing both lies. Like, I don't yeah. know how to, like, <laughs> in that moment, like, I, kudos to him, because he's playing both lies with his wife, and then his, yeah, like, he's trying. his fictional, he's right, trying. like, his fictional girlfriend, whatever, at this point, it's like, it's... <laughs> yeah. So, so, Julie storms off, because she's saying, like, if, if your wife can find us, then the bad guys can definitely find me, so you guys are no, no good to me. And uh, Mike, so Will Smith follows her. And then Marcus's wife, so Teresa storms out. Marcus follows her, and right as Julie and Mike get to the lobby, she like stops dead in her tracks, and she's looking, and they look up, and it's the bad guy Fouchette and a couple of his henchmen. <laughs> a huge gunfight breaks out, and it was at this point in the movie that I realized how random Fouchette's like gang was because he has like an old Italian-looking guy. And then a slightly younger. He's got criminals from like age like twenty five to sixty. Right. So and it was like kind of like, like I don't want to say it's completely like you know, but it's 
in that scene beforehand, you again we have um, Julie's character saying, "If your wife can find me, yeah. or why it's easy for us, like she knows Mike lives there." But, like right. these guys found Mike pretty like I don't know like I felt pretty quickly maybe for a cop. Yeah, I'm not sure like how. I feel like they did explain how they, uh, but I I can't remember what it was. Uh, I yeah. can't remember what they did, but yeah, that was a that was a great scene though. Like I do like how he just stands there for a moment and she stands on the other side. It's like that, like almost like that realization. I think he found them because when they were, when he when he looks through the binoculars and he's looking back at her, I think he tells one of his guys like follow them. He oh, says follow okay, them. yeah, right. I think, he says follow yes. them. Don't kill them. Right, you're right. Them. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's a great scene, though. The encounter between the two of them. Like, I love how, like, this, like, he doesn't pull the trigger out of the way. He just kind of scares them down. Yeah. And then right. she, Mike doesn't even know yet. Right. And Julie knows before Mike does. Yeah. And she's staring at him. It's almost like it's, at yeah. that moment, like, watching it now, I know, like, it's like, it's like Michael Bay film or whatever. But, like, watching now, I'm like, is anyone safe right now? Like, is she going to, is she going to, you know, get Make killed right now? Yeah. Right. Right. And then this, so I can't remember the, the exact thing, but they somehow, they get Julie. And they get her in a car, and it turns into a chase where, because like, it turns into a huge gunfight. Right, this is, this is right before it too. But uh, Marcus's his wife is in the middle of crossfire as well, so he pulls her back. Yeah, this is like the moment where like they're all kind of just, like pulling back, and that's like so that's when they capture her. Yeah, which I'm surprised they didn't kill her. Like, why wouldn't they kill her? Yeah, I'm gonna go because, back to that. Later okay, because yeah. it's like they didn't need her for anything. She's a witness. Right. That's all she was. Right. So they pull her. They capture her driveway, and. Will Smith starts chasing them in this moment is if you were to ask when did Will Smith become a superstar it's this scene it's shirtless shirtless, it's shirtless Mike yep. shirtless Mike Lowry yep. chasing somehow I haven't really looked into the how possible this is but he's chasing a car <laughs> through, <laughs> through the city but it's believable right like, like because I can that score we'll get up to the score the score is so good in this movie and like the score hyped me up in that scene well and he it's just it's just awesome. That scene is like like I said, that's Michael Bay. Yeah, the slow motion of running Cars in time. Yeah, yeah, slow motion, yeah. sweat and like whatever. You see like the shirt like almost like rolling down his arms, like yeah. he's like running, like I'm like, man, yeah. this is Will Smith at his peak right here. <laughs> yes. And then but here's here's where it's not Michael Bay's peak. <laughs> so in this chase, the chase runs through there's like a model photo shoot on a set. They somehow run through that. Immediately after that, they run through a hair salon, which is great because they run through and then Will Smith or Mike Lowry takes the time to look at one of the old ladies. He's like, you look, you look great. Or you look beautiful or something like that. <laughs> yes. And keeps running. He's still got that, that swagger, yeah. that Mike Lowry swagger. And then they somehow cross paths with a wheelchair basketball team that just happens to be like wheeling down the road. It's like, that's three pretty random, but... You know, Miami's wild, man. I don't know. I've heard, yeah, I yeah, heard, I heard, I heard about Florida, so it's like <laughs> right. And then Marcus is doing. That's another reason I feel bad for for uh, Martin Lawrence. In this movie is I think Martin Lawrence is a pretty athletic guy, and he's made to play like the awkward, like clumsy, right, the out of out of shape. Like... Right, right. Martin Lawrence in this movie is in better shape than ninety percent of guys. But he, so he's he like jumps on the car and they end up flinging him off and trying to trying to crush him with their car and. Uh, Mike tackles him out of the way and he's like, don't ever say I wasn't there for you or something like that. Um, so, but now the bad guys have Julie, uh, life's not good for her. And this is, so they're at the police station and Fouchette calls the station and to follow up on what you were saying about 
about why he doesn't just kill her. So he calls him up and he says, you know, he basically says, I have her as a hostage. You have, there's four hours. And I'm like, what do you have to gain from this? <laughs> why didn't you just kill? So he has this deal going down in four hours. Why did you tell them when the deal was going down? Right. Why didn't you just kill her? Right. They don't need the cops for leverage for anything. They're ahead of the game at this point. So it's like they have the witness right now. They have the deal happening still. There's no reason why they need the cops at this point. The cops don't know they are, where they're going to for the meeting at this at, the, at this no. very moment. It's like they have the upper hand. Right. I think I think the only reason I think what they're trying to tell us is that he's saying to them like I got my deal going down in four hours. If you don't leave us alone, I'll kill you. I'll kill this lady. But I feel like in reality, it was much more worry to keep her alive. Right. They didn't have the information of the meeting going down at that time frame anyways yet. So it's like, thanks for the heads up. Like now we know like that something's happening for hours. No. And then, and then internal affairs, I can't remember that lady's name, but she's, she's a, the actress, the bad actress. No, 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 no. Oh, he's talking about, okay. Oh, the one who's investigating at the time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's not very likable in this movie, but she comes in and shuts like, the whole department. Right, like she's another one who like has like three scenes, and everyone receives this is like negative. It's like you, yeah. And I don't think that's how that works. Like I don't think if if you thought a police officer was doing something that was leading to a bunch of death and drug theft, that you go like, "Hey, Joe, your department shut down. You don't have to leave the building or anything. You still have access to all this stuff here. Yeah. You're not under arrest." But you just can't wear your internal, you can't wear your narcotics unit patch or something. But whatever. So she she blows it up, and then Captain, so Joey Pants saves the day. He's he, he's, he's awesome. He, man. he is. He's awesome. awesome. And he basically says like, "Well, we're screwed anyway. The department shut down anyway." She said, "You got the, or he said he has four hours, so you guys got two hours to figure out what's going on." And he basically takes the gloves off, and he's like. Do what you gotta yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and then he he does a kind of a calling all cars like I need I need this I need, I need a, a chopper. And... Well, then before this wasn't this when the um, receptionist or whatever her name was the bad actress she had the info Did that no. happened after this or before. No, no, no. Okay. So after that, after she gets shut down, or after the department gets shut down by Internal Affairs, they break out this inmate. That's right. Yes. Played the by. John Sally, yes, yeah, former right. uh, NBA champion with the Pistons, and I think he won a championship with someone else too. Or God, I, I love those like nerdy approach to like this big guy, big muscular guy. He's like, oh, they like the computer like hacking through. <laughs> yeah, because John Sally, I mean, he was the center, I think, or power forward, one of the two. Right? So he's 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 all of somewhere between six ten and seven foot tall, probably. And so he stands up on Martin Lawrence, and Martin Lawrence is like, sit your lanky ass down. It's it's, it's yes. the best. So he because he's not useless like francine he pretty quickly hacks into that guy's file and then looks and it says known so he i'm sorry he hacks into the police officer's file who the one that got killed kind of towards the beginning and it's and it shows that that police officer's known former girlfriend was francine and then michael bay movie camera cuts to Francine and she's having a nervous breakdown just looking at it and there's like a guitar riff like <laughs> the 90s man yeah the 90s right <laughs> so this is another weird thing though so she says she's she was in on it basically not in on it like helping them do it but she gave them this information and the reason that she and she also didn't help investigate which is why she was so useless earlier and she says that she was blackmailed with like naughty pictures right posted at our kids school I think it was right 
Which is like they send it. Yeah, they you're you're working at a police station. You can get this resolved. If anyone right. can get resolved, it's you. Right. So, but it was just a weird thing. It was like, yeah. why did you have to involve it? And like that's such a like I'm not saying it's a little thing, but they broke into the narcotics division and took a bunch of like millions. Of millions right. Of dollars it's like. I'm sure if you talk to someone about this situation, they could have handled it a little better than this. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah, so she basically says, like, yeah, I'm useless. But the one thing that she does give them is the phone number that she's been using to to communicate with them. And that's how they call it. They make a quick, brief call, and he asks for, like, Romeo. Romeo. Is this Romeo? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, there's no Romeo here. And that's how they, they kind of ping the location of it, And which I I don't think that that's... That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah, I, mean, I think you need to have a certain. I mean, I'm only judging this off other action movies I've seen, but I don't think it can be like a three second phone call. But sixty ninety five, right? And then also, uh, right, another weird moment besides like the the blackmail for naughty pictures is when they're driving to the location. One of the henchmen is in the back of the car with Julie, and he says, "And I quote, you have such sexy ears. I want to lick them, yeah. like." He's a creepy dude, man. He's very creepy. Even if I was Fouchette, the bad guy, I would turn around and be like, hey, like Mike, or whatever your name is, like, yeah. Joe, don't you shut up. Like, you, that's, we're killing people and we're selling drugs here, but don't make it weird. Right. Like, it's not his last <laughs> weird line either. No. He has another one later on in the movie where he, like, with um, Julie in the car and. No, it's like, a different guy. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Which is another creepy. About. Yeah, another yeah. creepy line. Yeah. So, Which would not get away. I feel like that'd be a be a hard sell in, in 2020. That yes. <laughs> that's a sequence of no, yeah. So then this is when Captain's like, you know, calling all cars. He calls him the chopper, and even uh, Ruiz and Sanchez. So kind of Mike and Marcus is like rivals. Yes, they're like we're in. You know what I mean? This is that's one of my favorite lines too. It's like they the entire time they've been like rivals, like you said, like they're always making fun of each other's mothers and like girlfriends, whatever. But when they need them, they're like, hey, guys, we need your help, whatever. And like, And, like, they're sort of just putting around, too. Yeah. So, like, when they're, like, when uh, Mike and Marcus pitch the idea, like, people might get hurt in this scene. They're like, we're, all right, we're in. Just like yeah. that, you see them, like, falling behind in their car. And, like, it's... And they find out that from the location that, <clears throat> that uh, Fouchette's in a hangar in an airport. And logistically, I was wondering, how do you sneak up on a hangar in an airport? Because an airport is basically acres and acres of land of flat land with nothing on it so you'd have to be like a like a world-class sniper and driving with like a, what, a porsche or whatever it was at the time it's <laughs> yeah. like... and it just kind of opens up with them like hiding behind something a hundred yards away it's like how did you get well, whatever so uh two great lines from when they're when they're discussing their plan my line for the beginning of the episode mike lowry goes my shit always works sometimes that's that's just his attitude and then Marcus's line almost pretty quickly after that is, if I get killed, I'm fucking you up. So it's it's great. And then, you know, exactly what you think would happen in a Michael Bay movie in this situation. Shootout of all shootouts. Um, explosions, explosions. Things blowing up around. Music, electric <laughs> music. guitar. Uh, Marcus actually takes a bullet for Julie, which is pretty, pretty you know, good, good, good on you, Marcus. And um, then they end up in a scene where they're chasing bad guy Fouchette and they're driving the Porsche, Mike's Porsche, but Marcus is driving. So, and he's pissed because he got shot and... Yeah, I love like, again, like this cheesy 90s like one line where he's like, 
he uh what he shoots he shoots me he kidnaps Julie he attacks my wife and yeah, that's like that's yeah. like his reasoning of like like a, like this madman right now it's, and then he's like he's like uh when you realize the switch is flipped he just starts going you have the right to remain silent and you can say and Mike's like what are you doing he's like just getting it out of the way or something it's <laughs> yeah, so cheesy it's so nineties I love it it's very nineties so <laughs> but anyway so they end up chasing him and they get to a spot where they have to. It's like, who gets to this one gap in a random wall? I don't know why that wall was there. But they have to get to this one, like, car's width gap. And it's, uh, he's driving a Porsche, and Pouchette's driving some old sports car. I don't remember what it was. And he wins, and Pouchette ends up crashing and slamming into the wall. And then Mike's like, because you're going to go back. Marcus is usually driving this daisy guy, driving slow. And Mike's like, no, that's how you're supposed to drive from now on. That's how you drive. It's a great moment. <laughs> so they got out of the car. Fouchette's trying to run away. I don't know where he thought he was going to run again. Right. And again, the cops don't pat him down. It's just like another like, well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's a smooth guy. He just had a drug deal happening a second ago. It's like, yeah, Scott, I assume he had a gun on him somewhere in his body. It's... Right. So, he, so, yeah. So Mike shoots him in the leg. Because he, he pulls his gun and Marcus is like, already, he says something like, enough people have died or something like that. So Mike does the responsible thing and shoots him in the leg. So he's like, I'm not trying to kill him, just trying to wound him. And then they walk over to him and the guy basically, Fouchette basically starts trying to, you know, talk trash to him. And Mike walks up and he's got the gun pointed at his head and Fouchette's daring him to shoot him and he doesn't do it. To, to Joe's point, you gotta at that point, I'm not a police officer, I don't know your life, I don't know your struggles, police officers, but how do you not handcuff him pat him right you don't have to stay yeah. on the whole time but pat him down handcuff him and then walk That's away the power he has chances are he has a gun on him <laughs> like, which he does so they right. they turn their back right and, at the, right after at the poor marcus spent a lot of time convincing mike not to shoot this right. guy yep they give they give Fouchette the benefit the benefit of the doubt and they turn their back and mike realizes it just at the last moment that uh he does have a gun, just like you said. And Mike unloads the gun on him. He shoots him like probably an unnecessary gun. Well, you know what? You, you play a gun on your, your coat, your your partner, shoot him as much as you want. I don't really give a shit, but um and then and then that's pretty much that's pretty much it. That's the end of the movie. And then they have a nice like I love you moment between each other and another <laughs> And then Marcus, good guy Marcus, good friend Marcus, tries setting up uh, Julie's character with Mike, which I love. I love like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I love that line. Like that's like that's such another, again like another reason why like they're such like they're like bros almost. Like it's like all right, you guys figure it out. He's like leaving them be. Like they're still like what the hell are you doing? You know. It's... I love when he. I love when he goes. Uh, they they're having like this like like bromance talk, and then uh, Mike's like, you know, you always be getting emotional after gunfights. Great, <laughs> yes. great police, police like action action comedy line. So. Yeah favorite who do you like favorite part of the movie whether it's like you know actor screenwriter so my uh my favorite part of the movie is probably so i put down for still in the show was um i wish it was more joe pantoliano because yeah. he was awesome he only has like what like maybe like 10 minutes of lines yeah. but in the end martin lawrence yeah i think sure. i think honestly martin lawrence I don't want to jump ahead, but like I think he, this whole series is his yes. series. Like Martin Will Smith is the leading casting role in this film series, but Martin Lawrence steals every movie, <clears throat> including this one. Yes, especially now, 
nowadays with the newer ones, Martin Lawrence is the one that you're gonna. I mean, sorry, Will Smith's the one that you're gonna put on the, the headline, the poster, and everything like that. Right. But I think there are a lot of like younger kids, especially who didn't see Martin Lawrence in like the nine, mid early to mid nineties, who are kind of clueless on him that will see, especially the new Bad Boys, <clears throat> and hopefully go back and watch the original one and be like, this guy is so funny. Oh, yeah, he's hundred percent seals the show. Absolutely. Like again, like I love Joe. I think he was everything he was in. He was hilarious in. So I wish it was, I, you really can't add more things with him because like you don't want to drag on any longer than I already did. But I'll, with, with him being like, if you had more time, I would instantly say him, but without him being like a lot of time on screen, it's my yeah, You should say too that it's not that Will Smith, Will Smith's great too. Oh, definitely. It's but, the, the chemistry is so good. Yeah, the chemistry is perfect. Too. If you took one of them and uh, out of the film series, it would not work. Right. You need both of them. Right. So something you'd change, anything least favorite, something you'd change? Um, I think the whole Mike being Marcus thing went on for too long. Yeah. I think it would have been kind of fun to see that dynamic change midway through and see like the chemistry between Julie and the real Mike instead yep. of having it be revealed when it was too late, when it was, she's already kidnapped this time and it's, yeah. and, yeah. and like, like, it, not that the romance is the biggest, is the big like focus on this film, on these films in general, Yeah. but it would be kind of cool to see like, them like kind of develop because Mike is this player and it'd be kind of cool to see him kind of fall for one person yeah. which is I don't want to jump with the gun but another one of my complaints with the entire series in general is they swap out the girls the love interest way too frequently every movie yeah. that only has a continuation of their like previous romance yeah. and there's no explanation about why it didn't work it's just well Mike doesn't you mean Right, Mike doesn't, yeah, right. So Teresa's like, constant. Right, Teresa's constant throughout the entire series, yeah. but Mike's character, he has a new girl, like very Bond, very old school Bond style. Like yeah. it's, I think Mike's a dog. Mike's a dog. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Scumbag. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> he's, he's Mike Lowry. Mike so, Lowry. Yeah, my, my least favorite thing that I would change is I agree. I think it's too long. I think a few of those things, whether it's like the, the, uh, the whole, the typical Mike and Marcus argument that turns into that's how they get out of trouble or them arguing about how different they are or whatever they 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 could they could trim 15 minutes off this movie and it would you wouldn't lose anything and it would make it a much more like easy to watch movie but because yeah. I, I will say and again i remember this is one of my, i love this movie when i was a kid i was surprised that i didn't have a hard time getting through it because i was like not enjoying it but it Two hours is for an action comedy, and especially in the '90s. Like two hours now, it's like you, every movie's two hours now, and, and I think that I say that as a knock on movies now. Right. I think the value of an hour and forty-five minute movie is kind of forgotten. All right, and like, and I watched this movie in the beginning of January because I was going to get ready for our Bad Boys Three. Yeah, and so I watched this again last week. Yeah, and when I watched it for the second time in like a month, you know, time frame, whatever, I was dragging the part where. The captain has um, Marcus lie, saying yeah. who's Mike. I'm like, oh, here's a dot. Like, this is like a long stretch now of lying from yeah. here on out. Yeah, no. Which all could have been avoided pretty easily. The other thing I would change, and this is just a, a stupid nitpicky thing because all drugs are bad, but just with what we've gone through in the past 10 years, I wish it wasn't heroin. I wish it was like. And isn't Bad Boys 2 if I'm again? It wasn't it another ecstasy. drug you <laughs> I wish it was ecstasy though. Like, no, ecstasy is like, I don't know. Yeah, that was a little bit tough take. The, the story is very generic. It's a very generic story. It's very yeah. like, you know, Tango and Cash and like it's mixed with one. like uh, Lethal Weapon, like the yeah. buddy cop film. Right, right. Soundtrack. 
Oh, I loved it, man. Like I was, we, like we talked before this started this podcast. So Mark Mancina did the score, and as I was kind of watching this movie again, the the theme that plays through every action sequence. Remind me a lot of Speed, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Speed's, I love Speed. Speed's classic, yeah. And little do I know, this guy did the score for Speed as well. And like he had, it just had like the 90s written all over it. Mark Mencina also did the score for uh, over 60 TV shows and movies, including uh, Twister, Train Day, and Criminal Minds. So yeah, like he's... Training Day is a movie that we absolutely oh, yeah. have to do. Absolutely. I was just talking about that movie last week at Hockey with... All the guys in my, um, well, most of the guys in my hockey team are cops. And so we were just talking about that. And I was like, oh, I freaking love that movie. So, yeah. For me, I was, I didn't hate, I didn't dislike the soundtrack. I was kind of indifferent on it because it was just, it was just a very 90s. It was the same. So, like, you got the same, yeah. like, it's like almost like the same tune kind of like mixed around the bit yeah. here and there. So it's like the dun dun. It's, like, yeah. it's very, like, yeah. it's very generic. But it's like, I I think it's more nostalgic for, nostalgic for me because I love Speed so much. And like, <laughs> Yes. So, moving on from that, favorite scene. So I I went back and forth with this because there the chase scenes are done in typical Michael Bay fashion. I'm talking about, but they're fun. I think my favorite scene is probably the moving away from the comedy side of things. The actions with the ice cream truck scene when they had the explosives in the back. Yeah. It's not too long. It's not too short. It's like a good. It's a good length of like I'm not getting sick of this. And yeah. it was. It had a little bit of comedy. It had a little bit of um, almost like it's. It was again. You didn't have big bosses chasing them like the big baddies, but you knew that one of them was gonna get out alive. And it was just a fun action sequence that lasted what we like five minutes. Yep. Yep. So no, that's good. So you you went action minus more towards the comedy scene. Yeah. Okay. And I said it one we were talking about but that second interrogation or the second run in with Jojo where Mike's just like full bad cop nuts psycho like unhinged and Marcus is is doing his thing like just tell him what he needs to know Jojo that's you know by far my favorite my favorite scene because I think it just explains yes it's it's just the two of them their characters on steroids like doing exactly what they should do and it's the chemistry as a as a pair of cops so yeah so it helps with that too so all that said you guys know the the rating scale one to five worth the late fee score a score of one being you rented it you watched it maybe you didn't even finish it and you returned it that night score of five being you're going to keep it as long as you want you may pay late fees on it you may end up buying the dvd from the from the store what are you giving it a job a 3.5 it is very like it's it's fun. It has yeah. this comedy. Nothing new story-wise. So it's yeah. like a generic story of like buddy cops and trying to bust the drug lord and the kidnapped yeah. girl. But man, like between the actors who are perfectly casted for this yeah. film, um, the soundtrack, which is I think a fun soundtrack and like it's simple, but it gets the action, gets me hyped up for the action scenes. And Michael Bay's directing is just it's a fun film. Like I'm not gonna go into it. Think it's gonna win an award or anything, but yeah. it is a fun two-hour time killer. Yeah, no, it, it, and I we talked about it before we recorded. I I wonder how I would have reviewed this movie before seeing uh, Bad Boys for Life, the third one, right. before knowing that there's gonna be another Bad Boys, before seeing Bad Boys Two, because I was. It makes you hesitate because you're like, I want to rank this movie. I want to rate it, but I. 
I have to leave Rome because, you know, spoiler alert, Bad Boys 1 isn't my favorite of the, yeah, me at either. least the three that I've seen so far. Yep. But, sorry, I want to leave some room for padding. And then the other thing is, we were talking about it as well, we're rating this as an action comedy movie. So, it, 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 we're rating it for what it is. So, if we rate this as this and then we review Saving Private Ryan down the road or like some really serious movie, it's we're reviewing it for what it is. And, and I would have guessed... No, no, I was going to say, we should also like at some point too in the future, as of right now, as really, we want to review two official films. Yeah. Official, one of Sally and uh, uh, today's podcast. But we are talking, we are going to eventually maybe hit upon some 0.25, some, some yeah, almost like yeah. quarter ratings. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I haven't hit that problem yet, but eventually it might come to that point where I will. I thought I would have to. But yeah, I, okay. Yeah. So I, I, and I also remember, I will say that I think the two hour thing, the, the, what dropped the score for this movie a little bit for me was two things, the, the two hours, but really what it was is Bad Boys 2 and Bad Boys 3, right. Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. Because on its own, if you asked me to rate this in 1999, I probably would have, it would have been like one of my favorite action comedies. But now, because I have to leave room for the, the other two and whatever, I'm going to give it a three. So three out of five. But I, I still enjoyed it. Love Martin Lawrence. Love Will Smith. Really surprised at how much I like Tay Leone. Yes. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I remember her just being the girl in this movie. And she, she had some great... Right, that's what I didn't really think of her, like, and is Spanglish, which I love, too. So it's like, it's, I don't really follow her. Wasn't she one of the Jurassic Park movies? One of the... Oh, she might have been. Yeah, but she's, but yeah, she's like that, she's kind of that girl in a lot of movies, and she was great, and she, yeah, she, yeah so... Um, also, I give a shout-out to this Florida Man beer. I actually finished it today, yes. so like, it was really no, good. It was, it was good. It was really was good. good. For sure, and, and, it, and it fits the movie, it fits get uh, Will Smith's rap lyrics and whatever considering <laughs> i couldn't find a movie it was that perfectly i couldn't find a beer that perfectly fit the movie it was very good i totally agree very good so um next week joe is actually going to be out of town so we're going to release one of the what we thought was going to be a test episode but it actually turned out being pretty good we're going to be doing top gun so some stuff timing wise might seem a little bit weird the way we end top gun we say we're going to review and hire sally that's not the case yeah go back a couple weeks right and, in a row so and we'll try to like what i always say follow us on instagram uh thank you for the people that did send us messages or emails and write down as suggestions or questions and follow us on instagram uh send us a message if you want to suggest a movie or anything like that and we'll put on there what we're going to do the following after, week yes. yeah after top gun so yep. um i think that's pretty much it thank you guys very much for listening really appreciate it and you know, thank you very much guys all right have a good one